I uh, jokingly said years ago that you should drive around at election time and make sure that you're not moving onto a street where every single person on your street is voting for someone different than you would vote for. That's brilliant, actually. Welcome to Women's Wealth Canada. I'm Glory Gray. The other day, I was reading an article about how the pandemic has changed the wealth management industry permanently. Like many other industries over the past year, the way we present our service to our clients has changed, and the way our clients receive our service has changed. Think about how you've changed so many things in your life over the past year and the way you purchase things now. Before March 2020, I had two offices on Vancouver Island, one in the Central Island area and one in the Southern Island in Victoria, and I split my time between the two of them. Like many of you, I decided to start working from my home in Central Island permanently, close down the one office space, and only keep the Victoria office space open in the Southern Island. I began meeting new and existing clients by phone and by Zoom video conference, what I found was clients begin to really enjoy not having to disrupt the flow of their day, get up and go to some financial advisor's office, what a bore that is. Instead, they could grab a cuppa or a glass of wine, get comfy, and have me come into their home safely and virtually and have a relaxed conversation about their financial goals. I don't see that changing in the future, and so the way I do business has forever changed. At the same time, I began to see lots of young families moving into our area. Now, we're a very rural area. There's very little industry. During the financial crisis 10 years ago, young families left our area and moved to larger cities because there was no work here. Not now. Now these same people are coming back to the island and bringing their work with them. How are they doing that? Well, now they have the technology that will allow them to do that, and that opens up a whole new lifestyle for these families. Some technology has been there a long time. I actually started working from home back in 1998 when I first married Squatch. Now remember, back then we were all on dial-up and no one had a cell phone. The corporation I worked for had to pay for four landlines to be installed in our house, one for our home line, one for my business line, one for my modem, and one for the fax line. Remember faxes? I remember the phone company had to bring out excavation equipment to bury all the lines. But what if I had to travel? I couldn't take all those lines with me, and laptops weighed a ton. Now I can just about carry my entire office with me in my pocket. Aren't we living in amazing times? All this to say that maybe you're considering a big move away from the city, but are wondering what it's like and how to do it while making smart financial choices for your family. You can have a great active life in a safe area, balancing work hours with time hiking and kayaking, and you can do it in a way without going broke. So to help you in this journey, we're starting a new series called Beyond the City Lights, Healthy and Wealthy in a Small Town. Since Vancouver Island is made of mostly small towns, we'll use it as an example throughout our series. To kick things off, 
Realtor Karen Kenyon will be joining me today. Karen is a licensed realtor, certified home stager, and interior redesigner. She's a certified luxury home marketing specialist, a member of the Million Dollar Guild, and a recipient of the Royal LePage Chairman's Club Award, which is given to realtors who are the top 1% in Canada. Karen was born and raised in the UK and Italy and later moved to South Africa. She and her husband have lived in Newfoundland and Saskatchewan, but like many people, after traveling the world, she found a permanent home on Vancouver Island. So come join our conversation. Karen and I are just about to talk about what it's like to live on central Vancouver Island. Grab a cuppa, have a listen, and I'll meet you back here afterwards. For those who might not be familiar with our area and they're thinking about moving, what two or three things do you wish you could tell someone who's thinking of buying and moving to the area? Well, you know, this area offers so, so much. Um, We have amazing proximity. If you want to go to Vancouver, you can hop on a float plane and be there in 20 minutes or get on a ferry. You can go to Victoria. You can go up island to Campbell River. You can go across the Tofino. I mean, we are so, I mean, we are Central Island and we are centrally located. And from here, everything is you know, within arm's distance. But for me specifically, what I love about, I live in Nanus Bay. What I love about Nanus Bay is I love the walking trails. I love the beaches. And I love this kind of farm to table community feel. Mm. We've got wonderful organic farms within a few minutes of where we live. And um, fabulous places like I have to give a shout out to Springford Farms because they're so amazing they're my favorite <laughs> they are so fantastic aren't they I mean really I look forward to going there it's, it's an exciting <laughs> adventure every time you go there and they keep getting new things and um, I love that idea that we're eating food that's produced locally I came to the island 20 years ago and um, spent some time renting a property in Nanaimo, thinking I would buy a house in Nanaimo. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my friends who lived out in Nanus said, you should come out to Nanus. And I drove out here. I drove down the road, saw the ocean. I phoned my husband and I said, I found the place. I feel grateful. And I think one of the things that's wonderful about my job is that I get to see the place that I live reflected in the eyes of newcomers every day and I'm reminded of how lucky I am to live here. I would say the saddest thing about my career as a realtor is that I meet so many incredible people who I would love to be friends with but I'm so busy working I don't have time. (laughs) Everybody has a story their life of where they've come from and what they've done. And if they share that with me, that's a privilege for me, obviously, to hear that. But I have met the most interesting people from all over the world. And 20 years, and you have you been a realtor all, all that time? No, I got my license in 2007. Yeah. Thinking that uh, my youngest child had left home and gone to school. And I thought, well, that might be a nice thing to do because I've always been passionate about real estate. Within a year, I was working harder than I've ever worked in my life. So <laughs> it has been a surprising career for me. <laughs> Most of our area are, are folks who are over age 55. Would that be fair? Um, yes, I would say yeah, over 50, maybe. Active, younger 
retired, and I'm seeing a lot of semi-retired people, people who haven't quite retired yet. They're still consulting. They're still working a few days a week. They've got, I mean, I have never lived in an area with so much, um, I'm what I would call it, intellectual capital. So many people from so many different walks of life with so much life's experience. I mean, we could start our own university right here. All the intelligent, wonderful people from so many different walks of life. And so I think that a lot of those people, I mean, 60 is not what it was when our parents were 60, right? Right. People are still active and they have so much to give. So I'm finding a lot of people are actually carrying on working, even if it's just part-time, a few days a week, consulting, you know, doing what they might do. And I love that. And I'm also finding that younger families now with distance working, we're starting to see younger professional people move to the area and they just love it because it's a safe place for their children to be. Mm-hmm. It really is like taking a step back in time. Right in the middle of the COVID lockdown last year, I was contacted by a gentleman who writes for the Sunday Times in England. And he was writing an article. So what what his premise was this, he said to me, since the lockdown in England, everybody's been sitting at home and watching Netflix. And they're all asking themselves, these places that are showcased on these shows, do they really exist? Are they really wonderful communities to live in? And of course, the newspaper came up because of Chesapeake Shores. So he interviewed me for the Sunday Times, and there was actually an article in the Sunday Times about what it was really like to live in this area. We kind of talked about a little bit about what people would be surprised to find. Um, Now, if they're planning a trip here and they want to start looking at houses with you, how could they make the most of their time during their visit with you? So, you know, they're they're back in Calgary. They're like, okay, we're going to come and we're going to see Karen. We've got three days Uh, What should they be prepared to do? So I think that they can use those tools online to look at homes and floor plans. But one of the key things I find is narrowing it down to where you want to live. And because sometimes people will come and they will be looking from Victoria all the way up to Campbell River. So they'll meet with 10 different realtors up and down the island in a period of time. That's great. But if you're only coming for a short period of time, it's much more valuable if you have decided on an area, because then we can concentrate on that area, make sure that you see everything and find out everything about that area so that you're in the right place. But real estate should never be a a short-term purchase, and it should never be a quick purchase because it's a very expensive mistake to make if you make a mistake. So would you advise maybe having coming several times, like maybe if they're just not sure which, which area, then maybe come several times, go visit Up Island, go yeah, one time. Area, drive around the neighborhoods because you get a feel for the kind of neighborhood that you might want to live in. And the other thing you can do that people can do to help me to help them is tell me what they love about where they live now. And then that might give me an idea of where they would best fit mm-hmm. in the areas that I know. Because I find that people will often, even though they're moving to a different place, they'll often be looking for a similar community. So if they talk to me about what they like to do, where they live, the kind of people they enjoy meeting, 
then often you can narrow it down to a couple of communities that might, because nobody wants to move somewhere and um, be completely alone and have nothing in common with any of their neighbors. Well, I don't know, maybe some people do, but most people yeah. want, to, want to move somewhere and at least have some kind of community mm-hmm. that they can move into. I uh, jokingly said years ago that you should drive around at election time and make sure that you're not moving onto a street where every single person on your street is voting for someone different than you would vote for. That's brilliant, actually. <laughs> but it's really about, you know, finding a like-minded group of people that you can connect with. Now, do you have a certain percentage of when you're dealing with buyers versus when you're listing homes in your business? Is it 50-50? Um, I would say it's pretty even with me. Yeah. You know, some agents prefer to do more listing. I worked in sales before in different kind of sales, and I was the buyer for a corporation, but I also worked in the store because if you don't know what the buyers are asking for, you don't know what to buy for the store. And I find it's the same in real estate. I need to talk to buyers and I need to go out with buyers and then they show me, they tell me this house isn't right or that house isn't right because Many of us are looking for a similar kind of home, right? We're all looking for something in our demographic might be a similar home. So when I go to do a valuation on a seller's house, if I know that I've interacted with several different buyers looking for that kind of home, it makes it much easier for me to price it. Mm -hmm. So I think that you have to work with buyers and sellers. And I would say, yes, with me, it's probably about 50-50. And so if I'm selling a home, how can I make it stand out from the crowd? Clean is the one, the first word that comes to mind. Clean. Really clean. People love a clean. It doesn't matter. Sometimes people say, yeah, my furniture's older or it's not all staged and fashionable. Buyers will, will not care about that. They care about clean. It's amazing the difference that a nice, clean, well-cared for, uh, a home that has been kept up in terms of maintenance, those things make a big difference to the confidence of the buyer with proceeding with an offer. The other thing that I find interesting today is that we do encourage our clients to declutter their homes because people are watching you know, all those shows on TV where every house they see is absolutely perfect and has been (laughs) staged, right? Um, It's hard for people to see beyond other people's possessions, let's say. But I have found that if there are some personal pictures on the wall or mementos, maybe somebody was in the military or maybe somebody was in the RCMP or maybe somebody's grandfather, you know, won a medal, When I take buyers through a house and they see something like that, sometimes they connect with the seller and that connection makes them also feel that the house is right for them. I'm not, apart from sort of, maybe people don't want to leave personal items out because of privacy, you know, photographs of their children or whatever. I think that some things that tell the story of who the owner of the house is can create a wonderful ambience. And of course, some things can create a negative ambience as well, right? Like a big stuffed creature or something. <laughs> that's, always, that's always the cliche, right? And for people who are looking, such, let's say that they are um, retired, they're thinking about moving into a home um, that has amenities that they can stay there for a long period of time. 
what should they be on the lookout for? Yeah, that's that's an aging in place is an interesting thing because up until about four or five years ago, we would see people moving into, you know, a nice rancher, thinking that they might stay there until a certain time when they might go to, you know, retirement home or extended care or whatever. Or if they were lucky enough, we'll stay in our own homes until right at the end, which would be fantastic. So then they would be asking me about living in a single level home thinking that if they had to go in a wheelchair or something like that. But I'm starting to see now that people are more reluctant to think about going into extended care homes, that they're maybe looking for houses that have some kind of accommodation where somebody, a family member, or somebody else could move in with them and take care of them. Ah, so, so maybe maybe these two-story houses, which houses have... will have a sort of resurgence of popularity, mm-hmm. and also families moving in together, multi-generational living, mm-hmm. where the parents live on one floor and the kids live on another floor, with the idea that the kids can look after the parents as they age. Mm-hmm. We we're starting to see that, whereas five years ago, I don't think we ever saw it. And it's something that so many European countries have been doing forever, for literally for centuries. And we've thought it maybe wasn't our cup of tea, but now it makes complete sense. Well, the expense of moving into extended care is huge. And so I think people do think, well, it might be easier for me to pay somebody to live in my house and look after me. I don't know. We're just starting to see it. So whether it becomes a trend or whether it's just something that we're beginning to see because of COVID, only time will tell. Are you most often seeing people who are downsizing or are people moving to our area to upsize? Well, before COVID, I would say that 60 or 70% of people were downsizing. Since COVID, I'm actually seeing people wanting slightly larger homes, Mm. maybe because they're feeling that they're going to spend more time in their home, travel less. So they want more hobby space. Yeah. So COVID has definitely been a game changer in, uh, in terms of real estate in this area. And one of the problems that we have now, the thing that I'm most focused on this year, is that we have, we have too few homes for too many buyers. And that is a problem that we have not had in this area. You know, historically, we've always had plenty of homes for people to buy. And there's been such... A sort of a, a rush to the island and for people buying property that now for homes under about you know 1.3 million say there's probably five buyers for every house oh five that's amazing so it's and in some cases in the lower price ranges we're seeing multiple offers of you know between i don't know five and 20 offers on a house depending oh. on the house but then again, well, it's a good time to be a seller. It's a terrible time to be a buyer. Any Anything else that you'd like to, to share? Uh, no, I mean, I just thank you for inviting me. I, I feel very privileged that you've invited me to do this. Um, I do consider it a privilege to do this job, to be invited into people's homes and to see all these beautiful homes that people have. And every home I see, it doesn't matter what the cost or value of it is, it's, it's a privilege for me to, for somebody to invite me into their home and, and trust me with, with selling it. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I'll never take that for granted. 
Well, thank you. It's been a privilege having you having you on Women's Wealth Canada. Laurie, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate you asking me. And um, yeah, I'm humbled by being asked, actually. So. You're welcome. That was Karen Kenyon, Realtor with Royal LePage, Parksville Qualicum Beach Realty. I'll leave a link to Karen's website in the show notes. In our next episode, we'll be heading to Victoria in Vancouver Island's southern part to speak with Life Transitions coach Sue Maitland, who'll be sharing tips from her popular workshops on networking and transitioning to a successful new life. You don't want to miss that. For more tips, go to our website, womenswealth.ca. That's womenswealth.ca. Links to that site and other resources in this episode are in the show notes. If you have a question you'd like answered in a future episode, or you'd like to get a hold of me, Glory, to schedule a free financial consultation, send us an email at hello at womenswealth.ca. Thank you for the gift of your time today. If this podcast helped you, Please subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and tell others about us so we can help them too. Until next time, this is Glory Gray, your personal trainer for financial fitness, telling you to take charge of your finances, plan for the future, but most of all, enjoy today, and bye for now. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. It is not an offer to sell or buy or an endorsement, recommendation, or sponsorship of any entity or security cited. Mutual funds offered through Portfolio Strategies Corporation. Other products and services provided through Lori Gray Wealth Solutions.